Today we speak with Tweet Edmonds, who's a retiree that is completely rocking her retirement. When she was working, she managed an RV park in El Cajon, California for 17 years and had one of the top-rated parks in the state. Now that she's retired, she and her partner love to travel, whether it's inside their own county lines or Palm Springs or even out of state. Travel isn't all she does to rock her retirement, so stay tuned to find out what she's doing, how she got her name Tweet, and some ideas of how you can have a great retirement too on today's episode of Rock Your Retirement. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Hi, this is Kathy, founder of Rock Your Retirement. I started this show because many baby boomers think that retirement is all about money, and it's not. Think about it. It's very difficult to go from spending 2,000 hours or more a year doing something to zero. For the first six months, it's fun, but then you might hit a wall. Many divorces happen after retirement because the couple isn't used to spending so much time together. Depression can also set in. We want to help that. So that's why I started this show. Our guest today is Tweet Edmonds. Tweet was born and raised in Illinois and moved to California in 1988 where she lives with her husband and a cat. She managed an RV park in El Cajon for 17 years and had one of the top-rated parks in the state. They even won an award for one of the best parks in the nation. Tweet retired from the RV park and then worked with her husband, who was a construction claims consultant and expert witness. Tweet, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kathy. So when did you retire? I retired uh, from the RV park business in 2005. Mm -hmm. And then what about from the construction business? Uh, Rex retired at the end of 2012. 2012. Okay, so you've been retired for a while. Yes. When you were working, did you enjoy your work tweet? Oh, Kathy, I loved it. Every class that I took in college, I used at that RV park from accounting, advertising, marketing, death and dying, everything. It was just a grand experience. Every day was different. We met people from all over the world. And it always amazed me. Many could not speak our language, but they knew how to count our money. (laughs) Isn't that funny? (laughs) Money is the universal language. (laughs) That's true. And, you know, the owners that we had let me run that business as if it were my own. And it was many hours long, of course. My days were long, but uh, it was a very rewarding experience. And I ran a tight ship. We had 179 sites. So, you know, we'd have three to 400 people in that RV park at any one time. So you have to just know your rules and stick with them. And then it doesn't take long for word to get out that guests know what's expected of them. So I just treated everybody alike and fairly and actually had very few problems with that. And then, then if a problem popped up, we just wouldn't let them stay. Well, that's probably a good rule. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It made my life easier. Absolutely. Did you have anybody who lived there or was it mostly a couple weeks, couple months? How did that go? We had 
folks who lived in that RV park from the day it was built. And uh, we would have a lot of snowbird traffic. They would come in for the entire winter season from uh, November, and then they'd leave before tax time in April. And and then we would get uh, the park ready for the summer crowd, and they were in and out. But we would do daily, weekly, and monthly business. It was just a marvelous experience. I, I just can't say enough good things about that. And it was fun. It was just, it was a fun job. We were very casually dressed. You know, our veers, that's how they dress. And when I first took the job, I would wear a skirt or high heels, you know, and the RVers didn't like that. And uh, <laughs> no, they didn't. You know, they thought I felt I was too good for them. So I was told to dress down, and I did, and everybody was happy then, and so was I. Flip flip flops and and shorts. Well, no, not flip flops. We would wear nice shoes and uh, sandals, and when it was very very warm in El Cajon, of course we would wear uh, a nice short outfit. And back in those days, you know, the shorts weren't short short. Uh, We always looked nice (laughs) and looked professional. (laughs) Well, I'm at that age where I don't wear short shorts anymore. (laughs) See, I don't either, Kathy. I don't either. So when you did retire, did it come suddenly or were you prepared for it? that first retirement from the RV park? Oh, I was prepared for it. I I had planned that. I was just, mm, I think I was about 59 at the time. And it, you know, it was at first I thought I had retired too early, but then I decided, no, you know, it's time for me. And since then, I've been so busy doing everything else. I I haven't had a whole lot of time for me, but that's my fault. And I I have enjoyed my volunteer work and all the other things that I've been involved in. So that too has been a grand experience. You know, I I would like to sometime to sit down and say I have nothing to do today. I wonder what that's like to be bored. <laughs> I can't imagine that right now either. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Busy is good for me. I have decided. That's good. So the work that you did with your husband, did you consider that to be working or was that just helping him when he needed it? It was helping him when he needed it. I did computer work and, and he did a lot of A lot of his work was done in L.A. So I would be the driver while Rex would review the court cases and, and study um, for going to court and so forth. And, you know, driving around L.A. is not my bag. I prefer to stay away from that area. But I did it and, and it worked out. You know, it was fine. You were like the chauffeur. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did he sit in the back seat or up front with you? <laughs> oh, he's up front with me. <laughs> you know, Kathy, funny thing. Of course, his eyes would be on his book or whatever he was reviewing, probably an eye and a half. Half of one eye was on the road. And, you know, I always thought I was a really, really good driver until my husband rode with me. <laughs> and then it was, oh, you're too close. You apply the brake too soon. You know how it is. You know how it is with these men. Well, they like to be the ones that are driving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of hard to drive and read at the same time. Mm, yes, but I've seen him do that before. <laughs> you know, oh, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, he doesn't do that anymore when I'm with him because I just, <laughs> I, I just don't allow that. <laughs> well, that's good. It's a lot safer for all of us on the road. I think that's why um, limousines have that little window so that they can shut it so that you can't see what they're doing up up front. <laughs> So how is a day now, now that you've been retired for a while, how is a day now different from a typical day when you were working? Well, when I was working, I was very structured. You know, you get up, you go to work, you have to be there, you go to lunch at a certain time, and, and or maybe lunchtime was always flexible with 
uh, the girls in the office. And then, you know, you throw away the clock when it's time to go home. And I lived, I had a very nice apartment right above the office, so I didn't have to get on the freeway or any of that rigmarole to get to work or to leave. So, and then we would do a lot of activities in the RV park, of many of which I would take care of um, in the evening time. So I really didn't have any regular hours. I just did what needed to be done, and, you know, you just, things just happen. The rewards are great when you just throw away the clock and, and do what you need to do and to make the guests happy and you want them to come back. And I knew the more money the RV park made, the more money I would make. And, of course, I'm greedy. You know, we <laughs> like money. <laughs> and it all worked out, Kathy. It sounds like it. What are you doing mm-hmm. now? You, I know that you're rocking your retirement because I know you personally. So tell me about how you're currently rocking your retirement. First, let's start with volunteer well, work. I do a lot of volunteer work with Mom's Warehouse on Camp Pendleton. That's Military Outreach Ministry. And we will do food collections for the E5s and lower. That's the young Marine families. We, we do at Christmas time. We collect PJs for Pendleton kids, children's books, Christmas decorations, dolls. They love Barbie dolls. Anything to make their lives better and easier. And and again, this is for the E5s and lower, so it's the younger Marines. And some of those kids have two and three kids, you know, and they're maybe 22 years old. They need our help. And the food drives, of course, and I've been out there when they do their uh, food distributions, and it's amazing how Mom's Warehouse has grown and how much help they are to those young families. And then I belong to a group called the Questers. And we're a group of ladies who collect things. My husband says I have too many collections. But once a month we have a meeting and someone who is assigned to that particular month will give a lesson on whatever she collects. And it could be, like me, gravy boats, cookbooks, Annalie dolls, Christmas pins, P-I-N-S. One gal collects thimbles, artwork, beaten aluminum. Christmas pens? Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Oh, gosh. Every year, my husband buys me a very nice Christmas pen. And we're from the Midwest, so my heart is with snowmen and Christmas trees and uh, Swarovski did do a very nice Christmas pen, and they they discontinued that just in the last couple of years. So I have a very nice collection of, it could be an angel, snowmen, lots of snowmen, Christmas trees, um, Christmas stockings, um, stars, and um, some of my friends in Questers wear five and six pins on their sweaters at a time, so oh, wait I a minute. do too. Pin. Wait, pins. Pins, pins. P-I-N-S. P-I-N-S. I was thinking pens, P-E-N-S. <laughs> no, no, no. Pens. <laughs> pens, P-I-N-S. So they don't mm-hmm, take up mm-hmm. a lot of room. So now gravy boats, I imagine, would take up a lot of room in your cupboard. So what oh, else did it? They do. They do, Kathy. And I have, I have them in uh, cabinets. I have them in my closet, in Rex's closet, in the extra closet. You know, I just have quite a collection in about every cabinet here. But the funny thing is, I cannot make gravy <laughs> worth a fifty. And I have practiced. Friends have given me recipes, and it just doesn't work. 
So at Thanksgiving time, when we, we always get two young Marines, sometimes four, from Camp Pendleton for Thanksgiving. And last year I bought the gravy. <laughs> um, you know, you just have to do things differently. And actually, Mariah's restaurant in San Alejo, um, uh, I was speaking with the owner one day about that. And she gave me two quarts of gravy for our Marines and for Thanksgiving, which was very, very good. So, you know, it's kind of um, a thing, uh, a community event. It, it comes out to being when we have our Marines over for Thanksgiving. And that's a fun thing that we do. Rex and I have, have participated in the home hospitality program with Camp Pendleton about geez, 15, 18 years now. And every year, Rex will go to the base to pick up the Marines. And um, we bring them home, and we have a big breakfast. And then Rex will take them out on the boat, and they can view Lake San Marcos. And our neighbors all run out and wave because they know we, we have them. We put up signs on our garage door, welcome Marines. And I have flags on our, our yard, our neighbor's yard. And then out back here on the lake, I put up bunting on our um, iron fence and then the dock down at the lake, our railing, it's all bunting, American flags. It looks awesome. And these young guys will call home and they'll say, gee, Mom, you should see this place. They're treating us like we're dignitaries. And and I bake. And you bake. So you you really give them. uh, Oh, yes. I bake 22 dozen cookies, and I'll start that in uh, November. The country club here at the lake will freeze them for me. And then I get our bacon. I usually cook about eight pounds of bacon, and then we have sausages. This is for our Thanksgiving breakfast with the Marines. And then the country club will also freeze that for me. And these young guys are just out of the School of Infantry. They're tired, they're hungry, and they're homesick. So we just treat them very well and perk them up, and usually a mom or a dad will want to speak to us and thank us. So oftentimes we get a nice thank you through the mail afterwards. And, and then when Rex has to take them back to the base. They have to be in line in their uniforms at 7. So he leaves here a little after 6 with our Marines. And I will walk them out to the car and invariably one of them, or both of them, will, will give me a big hug and they say, ma'am, this is the day I'll remember for the rest of my life. Oh, you're making me cry. (laughs) Well, Kathy, there are times when I have to pinch myself to keep from crying with these young guys. And not just last year, but 2014, we had four Marines and two of them. This was the first Thanksgiving they had ever had. We always ask them, well, how does your family celebrate Thanksgiving? And do you have a Thanksgiving family tradition? And one boy said, this is my first Thanksgiving. Wow. Now, I need to know whether this is a national program or if it's specific to Southern California. You know, Kathy, I'm not sure. I could find out through the base. Find out and I'll post it in the show notes for people who are listening to the show who are not in California. So that way they'll know if they want to take a Marine home for Thanksgiving, they'll know how to do it. So thank Uh you so much for doing that. And you also have other things, and we're running a little bit short on time, so I want to make sure that we we cover everything. So somewhere I read that you do landscaping and trees. Does that mean that you're up in the trees cutting them, or what does that mean? (laughs) 
I know Patty, you're so funny. <laughs> I haven't been in a tree since I was about 15. That's a long time ago. I, I um, am secretary for our HOA, have been for eight years. So consequently, we all have little jobs. And mine has been all the landscaping here in our HOA and the trees. So I work very closely with Arborwell and uh, Butch Everett, our our arborist. And, you know, sometimes you have to determine if a tree is safe or not. And we're on a maintenance program. We have certain trees trimmed every other year. So that's very important to the beauty and the maintenance of the trees and the landscape. And I I do all the parking requests here in our HOA, and and of course, like I say, I've been board secretary for eight years, so it's I organize our ladies' luncheon. I do. You know, busy is good for me, Kathy, and I love meeting our new residents and getting acquainted with them and getting them involved in different little things that we do around here, and it's it's just fun to to see how the ladies grow with each other and how they become involved in each other's activities and uh, each other's hobbies, uh, and then how they become involved in our community. And then at church, I am co-editor of our new newsletter, which is fun, and I organize our uh, coffees every month, and that's fun. You know, I have often told myself, make things fun, then people will participate, and it won't be a drag. Absolutely. So to me, it's either a challenge or it's fun. And I enjoy both. (laughs) Well, I can tell, even if I had never met you before, just by listening to you, that you always have a smile on your face. Oh, I try, Kathy. I try. (laughs) Let's go to the adventure and travel part, because I happen to know that you're an adventurous spirit and that you like to travel. So tell me about the last couple of places where you've been and what you've done. Okay. Okay. Well, Brex and I enjoy Palm Springs, and we go over there oh frequently. And always, I have to tell you this, when Johnny Mathis is in the San Diego area, in the desert, uh, one of the casinos in Temecula or Pala, we're there because I am such <laughs> a big fan, and my husband loves him too. So a wonderful experience was in February. We went to Johnny's concert at Agua Caliente, and he's, he, you know, he's 80. He's performed for 60 years, and the man is a sellout. His voice is just as good. In fact, Rex says it's better than when he was much younger. So we were with another couple, and we were able to get backstage to meet Johnny. And it was a thrill of a lifetime. I got a hug and a kiss, my picture taken with him. And it was just dynamite, Kathy. That's an event I will remember for the rest of my life. He was so kind, so nice. And we enjoy doing different things around uh, Palm Springs. There's uh, the Kitchen Kitchen Shop. You know, I'm quite a cook, collect cookbooks as well, and kitchen stuff. So I always have to go and visit Jan, the lady who owns that shop. And then there's a place where I buy my earrings. It's called Serena's, right around the corner from Kitchen Kitchen. And then we have friends over there that we visit, and we love to, to go and visit different restaurants. But there are our favorites like Tyler's. If you want a good hamburger, go to Tyler's, downtown Palm Springs. It's the best in the West, actually, from what we found. And then next month, I will be going home. That's Illinois. And uh, I'm going to visit my high school chum, my brother, our house. And, of course, Johnny Mathis is going to be in Indianapolis. <laughs> so my high school chum and I just happens to be taking in that concert. And we hope that we'll be able to 
have a chat with him. And then in June, I will be going to Arizona to visit another friend that I haven't seen in, a, in about six years. And this gal and I, when we were both in Illinois, we got into a lot of trouble, fun stuff, but we, <laughs> because we looked so much alike. So we would, you know, <laughs> she was somewhere she shouldn't be. She'd say, oh, no, it wasn't me. must have been Tweet. Of course, I'd do the same thing. Okay, let's stop. Stop there for one second. How did you get the name Tweet? Oh. Kathy, when I was little, somebody told me I was sweet, and I heard tweet. So my mom said they couldn't shut me up. I'd walk around the house saying, I tweet, I tweet, I tweet, I tweet. <laughs> well, it stuck. And I went to Catholic grade school, and, of course, the nuns back then were very, the education was very formal. So I could not be called tweet on the playground, the school bus, in school. I had to be Louise Ann. I didn't know I had another name. <laughs> I was always sweet. And, and of course, that, you know, it just stuck. And I have that on my Social Security card and also on my driver's license. <laughs> when they called you Louise Ann at the, um, at the school, did you know who they were talking to? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> did you get in trouble for not answering? <laughs> oh, well, yes. And, and, you know, I mean, things were pretty stuffy back then, and especially in this tiny school in a small town in uh, east central Illinois and you know with those nuns all we did was breathe <laughs> so, yeah yeah but it was a good education and then Rex and I are going to go to Reagan's library in July and in September we're going to float up the Mississippi River we start in St. Louis and end at uh, St. Paul so we're looking forward to that and uh, you know the other girly trips of course he'll stay home with the cat. And what's the cat's name? Riley. Riley the cat. Okay, well that's good to know. So you really are adventurous. So does Johnny Mathis think that you're stalking him or does he know you personally? <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't know me personally. But <laughs> uh, no, but I tell you what, I would like you to know him as a friend and not a fan. I think it's more personal. And there are things about him I'd like to know. I've always, you know, we girls, I mean, he grew up with that because he was with us on our first date, our first kiss, you know, our first dance. It was all Johnny Mathis records, this and that. So we feel a very close connection to him. And I think he understands that. I think that's why he's so good with, with his fans and, exactly. and so appreciative of all of us. And we're all about the same age group. Anyway, um, I just, you know, I just think it'd be a thrill to take him to lunch and, and find out. When he walks on stage, Kathy, he doesn't, he's not introduced. He just walks out with a big grin. Everyone and, knows and, who you know, he that's is. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah, he doesn't need an introduction. And, you know, what's the history of chances are? And if somebody recognizes him when he's out, does he deny who he is? Or does he, somebody, oh, are you Johnny Mathis? Does he say yes, give his autograph, blah, blah, blah? You know, what does he do? I need to find these things out. So I need to somehow get closer to him and take him to lunch. Well, maybe that'll happen when you're in Illinois. Who knows? That's right. Anything's possible. You're living proof of that. You went from uh, going to Catholic school to to being known as Tweet. <laughs> or maybe with vice versa. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, you certainly have an exciting life. It doesn't sound like you and your husband ever hit that wall that I talked about in the beginning of the show. Did, did, did you ever hit a wall when you retired, or was it retire and then go, go, go? 
Kathy, it's been retire and go, 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 and we feel that uh, to be happy with each other and our lives, we need to find something to laugh about every day, and we like new adventures. Another fun thing that doesn't cost anything is on Ken Kramer's show, that's the local guy who has things, his program is about San Diego, where he would take us on a Thursday night. Rex and I would go on a Sunday afternoon and explore different areas of San Diego and uh, over here, you know, Ramona. And we we were able to visit a lot of places that we wouldn't normally go. Somebody could do that in their own town, even if they didn't live in San Diego. They could find places to go visit and see near where they live. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot of things going on. You just need to pay attention to the newspaper, the library, and just go. That's the key. Just go. You and Rex have been married for uh, how many years? Oh, Kathy, we've only been married 10 years, but we were together 20 before we got married. Oh, so is that a total of 30 years? Yes. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question. The question is, when you first retired and Rex first retired, were there any issues with the fact that now you were together all of the time? And if so, how did you figure out how to spend so much time together without bumping into each other? Well, you know, Kathy, Rex is involved with church and and many other things. Before we were so involved with church, he was busy with his things, and, and I was busy with mine. And we just, we never did get bored. And of course, we love each other. So it's just, you know, ugliness, boredom never did set in. So basically, the key to a happy marriage is to have activities outside of each other. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of people, you know, that after they retire, they get divorced. And one of the reasons for this show is for me to help people, baby boomers especially, stay together. And a lot of baby boomers don't, you know, they're working 14, 15 hours a day. And both the husband and the wife are working and then they retire. And then all of a sudden, boom, what do we do? We're together 24 hours. Do they sit and watch TV or what do they do? What what advice would you have for somebody who is about to retire? I think they need to think about what they're going to do. Be very, very serious about this. And just do it. Become involved. Volunteer at a hospital. They're in in an area where there's a Marine base, the Navy base. They always need volunteers. The schools help these little kids read. There's so much out there. The library, they need to find an interest. And then they need to give their spouse space and let him become involved in different things and, and take up an interest in what he's doing, but don't smother him. And you know, this this is a very critical thing. I saw that a lot at the RV park because these people would both have careers and then here they are in an RV squished together in a, an area that they don't know. And I had a lot of women who would come in the office and they'd be crying. We don't even like each other. Oh. You need to go out on a date. Go to one of our nice restaurants and go to the movies and hold his hand and and then let him volunteer, hang out with the men in the in the pool hall, and you do crafts, do things with the ladies. You need to you need to have your own interests. That is excellent advice, and that leads mm-hmm. to our next question. And that is, let's say somebody's already retired and they feel stuck in their retirement. You know, they they don't they don't know what to do. They you know they've been retired for a while, and maybe some depression is setting in. What advice would you give to a retiree who feels stuck in their life and they're sitting across the table 
What's the one thing that you would tell them to do to have a successful retirement? I would say they need to be with people. If somebody asks you to do something, do it. And if nobody does, then everyone has a neighbor, a friend. You know, you can always make some cookies or dinner or go buy some sandwiches and in, in, involve other people in your life. And just, you know, get to know get to know people. You can't isolate yourself. I think that's when illnesses set in and boredom and depression. And there's no reason for that. None at all. Become involved in church. Just go to church. Somebody's going to talk to you. We all need it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the, the, the churches need people and people, you know, meet people at churches. <laughs> that's right. That's right, Kathy. And they just need to, if somebody speaks, say hello. If they ask you to do something, do it. That is great advice. Absolutely great advice. Tweet, you have been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And for those of you listening, we will see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Are you buried in information regarding Medicare health insurance? Have you gotten a four-inch stack of mail regarding Medicare? Do you wish that you could find an experienced agent who works with multiple companies to assist you or your loved one? You're in luck. Medicare Quick starts each prospective client with a 20-minute informational webinar that describes the difference between Medicare Advantage plans and Medicare Insurance Supplement plans. Then, after you understand what type of plan matches your lifestyle, we help you decide which company suits your individual needs. Call 866-445-6683 for more information or go to the website medicarequick.com. Mention the word rock and we'll send you a cool stylus pen just for calling. Medicare Quick is not connected with the federal Medicare program. Medical insurance licensed in the states of California, Florida, Nevada, and Texas, and Medicare Advantage and prescription drug plan service areas vary. California license number 0797-7566.